Beyond Sin 386. Greetings. This is God. Consider supporting Beyond Synth like these amazing listeners Mike Sheba, Robot Conglomerate, Neverman, Hampus ML, and Restless Nights. Wonderful people. All of them. Hey there, welcome to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is as we slowly come to the end of season 11 and all month long we're listening to all the cool songs I didn't have time to play throughout the year and while we hear the cool music, I'll be chatting with patrons and listeners of Beyond Synth. Uh, a patron of Beyond Synth, by the way, is a cool person who donates money by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, which is about the coolest fucking thing I can think of. So now let's kick the show off with some astral stereo project from his album somewhere in my mind this is explorer
And that was the Astral Stereo Project with Explorer. And that's a cool song. And now we are going to chat with some awesome Beyond Synth patrons. And uh, I'm here with one right now. Uh, He goes by Tron Javolta, but he's also called Mark. Is that correct? That's correct, Andy. How are you? I'm great. This is the best day of my life. Is it? Yeah. Everything's good. (laughs) Every day above ground, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I've never said that expression in my life. So, tell me a bit about Mark. What do you do? What do you like to do? What makes you tick? Oh, wow. Dang. That's a great question, man. So, I have uh, four boys at home. So, just uh, really busy with them and uh, doing stuff with my wife, Kathy. And um, I work for Dropbox, the file share company. I'm a security engineer there and I love music. I've always had a desire to make music, but I, for some reason, don't have the time so i've just i buy a lot of music digital and vinyl and i even i even bought a little synthesizer and some drum machines and stuff to play with but like i i just never have all that much time to, to do it but some one of these days well, hey man sometimes it's just fun to just noodle away on a keyboard yeah. as a relaxation method it's kind of therapeutic wait so you work for dropbox yeah still around. I had an account and then I had to close it at one point because I wasn't really using it and I would get these emails all the time reminding me that I have to upgrade my storage. Oh yeah, Dropbox is a useful service that is enjoyed by millions of people around the world. (laughs) It certainly is. And I tell you what else is enjoyed by millions of people around the world. Awesome music. Okay, well maybe those millions of people don't listen specifically to this show, but that's not the point. The point is, uh, I got one here from Don Bohr, so how about we listen to this and then we'll keep chatting about something else. So this is Don Bohr with Oxy2.
And that was Oxy 2 by Dunbor. That's a cool song. We're in Andy's playlist warehouse right now. I'm playing all the songs that I didn't get to this year. And, of course, chatting with awesome people like awesome listeners and people who support the show. Like... The guy I'm chatting to right now, Mr. Tron Travolta, Mark. So, listen, do you, do you work from home? I do work from home. It's a challenge, I would say, because the kids are around and sometimes there's a pressure to you know help out with things around the house. So, it's kind of a gift and a curse. Like, I like being around the family and stuff like that and I can help out. But, you know, sometimes when you're trying to get stuff done, you have to kind of buckle down and it can be a challenge. Hey, you mentioned before that you have, uh, that you're buying lots of music and vinyls and stuff. Where do you put your vinyls oh man i've got this really nice vinyl shelving unit it's like how you go into a like an old record store and you know how you can flip they have those bins where you can flip through like all the records are facing you i got one of those and i put all my like good stuff in there and then i have i have another like desk kind of unit for the turntables which i think is kind of cool i've got some like neon lights uh set up behind it wait so where do you put all this oh it's in my house well <laughs> i get that but i mean like do you have a space is there a man cave or like yeah I got a bit in the den. We have a nice room. I can put all that stuff in. It's uh, I, I work in there sometimes, so I can kind of you know put on my tunes and do some hacking. It's uh, it's all it's all good. What is the definition of a den? It's just a place you can retire to and feel comfortable. I don't know. What do you have in your den, Andy? I don't have a den. No, or at least I don't know what a den is. So, I well, no, I don't think so. I'm in a room. So, where do you do this? Do you have an office? I do now. Nice. Well, because I live I live at my dad's house, so like uh, his house is larger than our old apartment, and so I, yeah. I do have a space. I've covered it with moving blankets for sound. Nice. Because uh, it's just a little tiny room, and uh, the cat Johnny has been fucking tearing it up because basically it's like floor to ceiling yeah. moving blanket, and so he climbs all the way up to the ceiling. <laughs> that sounds awesome for a cat. They're really high ceiling, so like yeah. it is funny. Like it gives them something to do. The sound is immaculate. It sounds really good. But you say you also like you got like musical equipment and stuff that you have no time for. Where does that go? Is that in the den too? It is in the den. I have uh, I have a couple of Techniques turntables that I bought like right out of college, and you know I upgraded the mixer. I've got like a SJ9, I think, like the Serato compatible two-channel mixer, which is kind of nice. Like, so it's, it's, it's got like some effects and it's got enough for me to kind of noodle around with, but nothing too crazy. So I have a mini Korg and that's kind of fun. I kind of painted it too. I'll send you a picture. It looks kind of cool, I think. So I, I have that. And then I have those mini Korg little things. Like there's like a little drum machine and a little mini synth. They're fairly cheap. They're easy to come by. and The kids like them. It's just something to kind of play around with, you know. That sounds like a lot of things to not have time for. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just, I just kind of just collect them and display them in the den, whatever that is. This sounds like a really cool den. Yeah, maybe sometime you can come down and see it, Andy. Well, I love spending time in people's dens, and I also love listening to cool music. All right, so we'll keep talking, but I want to listen to uh, another track. So I got one here from Field Plan. Uh, I believe it's called Field Plan. It's spelled F-L-D-P-L-N. You know, these like modern artists who hate vowels, but uh, it's a good time, and uh, we're going to dig it. We're going to dig it, all right? Listen, this is uh, this is Field Plan with I Want to Talk About Love. Love.
And that was I Want to Talk About Love by Field Plan from the album Escalator. We're here at Andy's Playlist Warehouse listening to cool music and chatting to cool people like Tron Javolta, a.k.a. Mark. So what else goes on then? You're doing this, you're working. I hear the sound of rambunctious kids running around in the background. Yeah, I've got four boys ages 14 to 19 months. So, yeah, life is pretty busy. Well, that sounds crazy. Oh, God. I mean, the story is of four boys, but uh, they're all pretty good with each other. I think we're pretty lucky that they're all pretty good friends. They fight from time to time. And my wife is a ex-Marine or she's a Marine. So she tends to keep them, help me keep them in line pretty good. Yeah. So they, they get into some stuff, but they're good boys. Your wife is a Marine? Yeah. She was in the Marines. She got out in like 2000. Oh, okay. Okay. We're old, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But she's a dental hygienist now, so... Then if the fucking patient's, like, being rude and stuff, she'll be like, hey, man, do you like some fucking Marine karate chop? I don't know much about the Marines. <laughs> like, when they go floss and stuff, it's crazy. Do you run the house like a military organization? Well, I don't. Like, it's definitely not my... I'm, I'm more... I have an interesting kind of parenting strategy, and I, I guess when I was single-dadding it a little bit, that was... The boys probably had a little too much leeway. So now they're definitely benefiting from from this cat. That's interesting because I got another patron, uh, Whalen Caskey Geospatial or Kyle, and uh, and his wife is a deputy and he's like serving somewhere overseas. So I'm starting to learn a lot about my demographic. It's the uh, guys in IT who like uh, yeah. ladies in uniform. <laughs> are they Canadian or are they? No, an American. An American? Okay. We don't have police up here. You have mountains. They're all yeah. riding horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely good to have both parenting styles. I think when you're when you're bringing up kids, you gotta. It's still a good cop, bad cop kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, I get it. Luckily, our kids don't fight too much, but like our cats are always wrestling each other, and I have to pull them off each other sometimes because like Johnny's just a kitten, and so he's just like this little ball of energy, just like flying all over the place. Yeah, it's like you're, you're a new dad all over again. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're done wrestling with each other, my wife puts Johnny and gives him a little bath and swaddles him and so i'm like holding this little swaddled kitten he's like a little baby yoda because he's got a flat they're like those flat face cats with like the the big eyes and like they're it's fucking hilarious to look at that's sweet i love cats man but i'm the only one in the household so for me like i'm i'm always in my own world so i like cats because they just sort of pop in and out and they're not so much responsibility although these flat face cats are a little bit more responsibility because like you got to clean their faces okay. and stuff a more maintenance yeah there's a bit more maintenance i had to shave his ass too Ooh. Well, because they're fluffy. Oh. They're really fluffy. And I've never had a fluffy cat like this before. And so that was something I didn't know about was like, oh, sometimes like they'll just walk out of the litter box and stuff is stuck to them because their hair is so fluffy. It's cat dingleberries. Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of worse and gross. But look, the point is this. We're going to keep chatting, but we're going to listen to some music. I like <laughs> I like throwing to somebody's song after I talk about a cat getting shit stuck in its fur. Here's a cool track from Emil Rottmeier. This is Dream Sync.
And that was Dream Sync by Emil Rottmeyer today on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. And I'm here right now with Mark, a.k.a. Tron Javolta. We're talking about the Marines. We're talk- <laughs> what are we talking Matt about? Matt Yeah, man. So look, before I hang up on you, is there something you wanted to talk about? I keep on directing these conversations into stupid places. No, you do a great job. I was trying to think back to how I stumbled upon Beyond Synth. And I think I got into synth wave kind of stuff through the, this guy, Chrome Canyon. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I used to be a fan of like the Stone's Throw label. And so I, I, that kind of got me into synthesizer music like, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And then I, I listened to a lot of house music and I stumbled upon FM Attack. And then I think he like reposted your show on SoundCloud or something. And I gave it a listen. I remember just thinking to myself, I liked your style of interviewing and it was just you just like weave in these like little jokes and stuff and your self-deprecating humor I, I always appreciated like I really enjoyed it and then I heard Ollie Ride so this is like around 2020 mm. and Ollie Ride's uh, Stranger Love with Sunglasses Kid I love that song and like it all clicked for me so yeah I don't know I got into synthwave and retrowave like I don't know a decade late or something like that but at least <laughs> I, I got into it so I ended up I met my wife around the same time and a lot of the music that I found on your podcast actually worked its way into that was I think Stranger Love was our wedding song and nice. I think I had some Vandal Moon songs in there and like yeah it was like very poignant music very cool community at a very important time in my life and so like yeah I just want to say thanks for that hey man well, thank you for being a cool guy and supporting the show. I listen. The idea of playing synthwave and like this kind of music stuff at a wedding makes me happy because I get I have this thing. I just I get really annoyed at the radio and like the repetition. And yeah. I've been to a lot of weddings, and a lot of times it like doesn't matter who the people are. I end up hearing the same songs, and like everyone's guilty of this. So like I'm not pointing blame, but it's just like there's only so many times when you're just like, oh, everyone gonna start dancing, and then like celebrate good time. I'm like, wow, what an original pick. Yeah. There's just these things that start to drive me nuts where it's like, I hope we get to hear Jackson 5 next. And I remember in like the 2000s, I was at a few weddings because I was like helping film them. And dude, fucking amazed by Lone Star. There was these songs that would just come on. Like everyone just like, this is our song, fucking baby, I'm amazed by you or whatever that. There was another one around that time too. The 2000s when there's like that, a lot of like the kind of pop country stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And it wound its way into like a lot of wedding playlists. There's like, I think, I hope you dance. Remember that song? Fuck, I hope you dance. Yeah. By some lady. I remember. There was just bad songs and like they drove me nuts because like everyone was using them and, and, and there was no like character or originality to any of these sort of like wedding playlists. So what I'm saying is I'm, I'm happy that you did that. Yeah. No, it's like the music at a wedding. I think you got to really represent yourself and your partner, right? Like I think so. I, it was... It was nice to, those are important songs in my life and into that, which I thought was, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I told, I'm totally with you, man. You got to have soul. I mean, again, like, look, if Celebrate Good Times is your favorite song, great. But like, I just feel like so many weddings I've been to, it's like they don't represent the people. Exactly. They'll have like these plates for dinner of like, for us, we did the cheap thing. So like, we literally just got married at a town hall and then we had like a party in the summertime. That's cool. Where we did like a fake ceremony. Like, so I had my friend be the guy. I, we'd already been married so it was just like for show nice. so we just had like a tent you know hired a tent put it in the backyard and I'm like well look man burgers are my favorite food I want burgers at the wedding like I don't want some fucking like eight course fucking chicken filet or whatever like I want 
burgers because that's what I want to eat on that day. Yeah. And I want deep and delicious cake is the cake because like McCain deep and delicious. I don't know if they have that in the States, but there's this McCain deep and delicious cake and it's like cheap chocolate cake with the fucking chocolate frosting on it. And it's not like high class at all. And we had a TV with Goldeneye on it. Yeah. We had a fucking a TV with, with a Wii connected. <sighs> and I think there was like a, a, a projector screen with Rock Band because this is like, what t- year was this? When Rock, remember Rock Band? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy, I was alive in the 60s, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, look, how about this? Well, I'll say goodbye to you, but let's listen to a song first and then we'll do like a proper goodbye. So I want to listen to this one from Frankie. This is Night Shift. The night shift To tell about the dreams I had this time Spending days in a spaceship Traveling beyond our eyes could shine But it don't matter how it goes It always goes back to you I still remember how it was Looking back to every place I go I know that you'll be waiting for the right time to recall The memories of tomorrow and always Time again. Again. My eyes see the streets like photograph. I can't take back. It's so hard to keep on moving when my head is moving me to the other side. Trapped in flashlights. Looking back to every place I go. I know that you've been waiting for the right time to recall. The memories of tomorrow and always
and that was Night Shift by Frankie. I hope I'm saying that right. It's like F-R-A-N-C-C-I. That's Frankie to me. And look, we're here. It's Andy's Warehouse, Playlist Warehouse. And I'm here chatting with awesome listeners and supporters like Mr. Tron Travolta, alive in the 60s. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) That's like, didn't you tell me earlier you're like in your 40s? That makes sense. That math doesn't line up. Hey, good catch. Good catch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So what, you got any cool plans? I'll say goodbye to you, but you you got any cool plans for uh, the holidays coming up? We're hosting Thanksgiving at home in Baltimore. Then we're heading to Chicago and then Nashville for some friend stuff and some work stuff. So, yeah. And then it'll be Christmas. So it's going to be a busy, busy next month for sure. But it should be good. What about yourself? I interview you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Technically, we've already had our Thanksgiving because Canadian Thanksgiving is in October. The only real reason why I even have any knowledge of American Thanksgiving now is because they did start doing Black Friday up here. And Black Friday in Canada, it's the same as the American one. Just people get uh, shot and stuff? Well, no, I mean, it's just the same dates. (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I think there's less tramplings. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I wouldn't dare fucking go shopping on Black Friday. What a stupid... Honestly, not that people deserve what they get, but I mean, if year after year, it's just like, hey, there's a lot of sales and uh, some people get crushed and there's murders, I'd be like, well, I'll just go on Amazon. I mean, they got sales too, man. Best Buy, you know, like you don't need to go to the crushing store. I can't can't figure that one out. Maybe AI will help us out there someday. Yeah. I'm fairly risk averse. It's like, unless I really care about something, I very rarely put myself in purposeful harm's way. Like my wife was trying to hang these Christmas lights on a tree outside and we had to get like a tall ladder and like halfway up the ladder, I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to fucking die for this stupid Christmas. I don't give a fuck about Christmas lights. There's certain things where like, if I end up dying for this thing that I don't care about, I mean, I'll be dead. So I guess I won't have any say, but it'll be this stupid, like, I didn't even want to do this. You know, (laughs) if someone's <laughs> it's not the way you want to go. I'm sure my death will be lame, but I mean, there's nothing worse than like someone getting you to do a chore and then like, oh, can you carry these downstairs? And if I fucking fall down the stairs and break my neck carrying somebody else's shit, I'm going to be like, I didn't even want to do this. Remember the Nintendo Classic? Yes. Why well, waited in line on Black Friday for that eight years ago now? And it didn't get one. So that was the only time I actually tried. Yeah, I never lined up for Black Friday. Like I did a few lining up at midnight for like new release things. Like I lined up for GTA 4. And that lineup wound like all the way through the big mall downtown Toronto. I lined up for a Nintendo Wii day one outside of a Best Buy and ended up being the last person on the list because the store just, they just let some nerd handle the list like he wasn't even an employee. Because <laughs> they, they did this thing where they were going to have units to sell for people who didn't pre-order. So you had to wait in line and you might get on the list. And then what else? Oh, and then I lined up for GTA 5 yeah. and that was another midnight launch and... Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm hanging up on you now. (laughs) So look, uh, you have a lovely day. Thanks for your support and uh, good luck having lots of kids and and all that stuff. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for doing this and thanks for, yeah, thanks for everything. All right, man. Take care, dude. All right, and that was my chat with Tron Javolta, a.k.a. Mark, cool guy. And uh, now let's listen to another song and then go chat with somebody else. So here uh, is an awesome one from Zodiac. This is Rebirth.
that was Rebirth from Zodiac on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're going to talk to another listener, Beyond Synth, who's on the line right now. This is Timo, correct? Yeah, Timo. Timo Pesonen. Wait, say that last thing? Pesonen. Pesonen. Yes. Why does that sound familiar? Have I said your name before out loud? Yes, we talked about David Hasselhoff's Baywatch Nights before. Oh, okay, that was you. Yep. Yeah, because I know I talked about it on the roundtable with Marco and Florence and Michael, but I forgot who told me about it. I just knew, like, I know a listener told me to watch fucking Baywatch Nights, and I couldn't remember who it was. No biggie, no biggie. It was when I was installing Baldur's Gate 3 and you were doing something with Discord. I keep testing all these things, and I think, like, here, I can do this. I'll do a regular live stream on the fucking uh, Discord or whatever, and then I do it one day, and then I... (laughs) <laughs> and then I forget everything. I understand. So, tell us a bit about Timo. What do you do? Well, currently I'm studying to become music producer and I've been already making music. But right now I'm doing music for two different games at the same time. The other one is a 3D platformer and the other one is a science fiction uh, puzzle game. What's the 3D platformer about? Are these secrets right now? Uh, well, that is very early stages. There isn't a whole lot of about it. I just have done one swamp level. So it's not much to talk about that about yet. Is this something you're doing like officially or are you just starting? Like how are you getting clients? Are these people you know or? Oh, well, I found the 3D platformer geek from our gaming discord where one went like, hey, is there anyone who can actually do this stuff? And I went like, yeah, I can do that. And the other one was by joining a global game jam and looking for the people who were looking for musicians or some other programmer or something like that. So that way I got involved to that. Was a game jam like a thing you actually went to physically or was this like an online No, it's jam? over internet. Okay. It's a Discord server. Anyone can join into it and join a group if they want to get part of that kind of thing. I always thought the point of game jams was like that thing where you make a game in like a weekend. Oh yes, it still is that, but it is basically just a side where you go, they go like, oh, we are going to have a team at this thing and you have been one week to do it. But of course there is other people who are like, hey, we are doing different games while this game jam isn't going on, so we is there people who want to help with that. How do they police it though? Like, isn't that the whole point is like to see what people can come up with in a short amount of time? Like, how can you tell what they're doing if everyone's working online? I guess it is some sort of honor system. Do they do the things like, sometimes they do these little film festivals where they'll do like 40 eight-hour film festival, but they give people a topic? Yeah, it is. So in this one, it is. I don't know yet what the team is, or I don't remember what the team is, but it is revolving also around some sort of team. Right, okay, okay. Well, look, man, we gotta... <laughs> We'll keep talking about this Game Jam stuff, but first I want to listen to some music, all right? All right. So I got a track here from Zayaz. This is Afterburner.
And that was Afterburner by Zayas. Or Zayas. I've never totally known how to say that, but uh, it's a cool song. We're having Andy's Playlist Warehouse. We're listening to tons of awesome music and talking to cool people like Mr. Timo, who is uh, making some music for some games. Yep. <laughs> so what kind of... I guess you say you're doing a 3D platformer and sort of like a, like a cyberpunky puzzle game, was it? Yeah, the cyberpunky puzzle game is about running that kind of a ripper talk that fixes other people's cybernetic augments. There is going to be a hardware side and software side of, as a mini game, kind of like Papers, Please, where you have to balance your money and so mm. you might have a mission where someone doesn't have enough money to pay for that so you have to think will you do it for cheaper or will you just say no at least that is what I understood and it is going to have a visual novel kind of stuff where you have a conversation with the people it's a funny new genre that's cropped up is these sort of like shopkeeper games because there's a bunch now I've noticed where like the, the whole purpose of the game is like you run a shop or you own a bakery or you whatever and so like this is sort of like the cyberpunk version where you're like a ripper doc but like that's the game yeah I guess it is just something that you can do very small size and you don't need to think so much about the world outside of that little confined space yeah it makes sense. Good for a small group of people doing that. Yeah, well, that sounds like an interesting concept. So, like, besides that, though, like, are you are you playing anything right now? I'm currently playing Alan Wake 2, and before that I played the newest Yakuza game. I've never played a Yakuza game, so I find the naming confusing. Every day I see some guy with sort of an afro and, like, a purple jacket. Yeah, that is, that is Ichiban. He's the newest protagonist. Yeah, so I get confused because I just saw one that was called, like, Yakuza Like a Dragon Gaiden or something. It was, like, this big, long, stupid title. Yeah, that is a side story that takes place between Yakuza 6 and 7. That also ties into the, eight, the next one that is coming out. I saw one that looked like it might actually be appealing to me where you you run a like a resort on like a little beach island yeah that is the next one that is coming out I think it is called like a track on infinite of wealth it takes place in Hawaii I've been finding I've been enjoying those sorts of games more I never thought I would like I got uh, like I got into Stardew Valley that kind of game would have never interested me before but then for some reason I was like actually this is pretty addictive and then I also played this other game called Graveyard Keeper huh. and it's the same kind of thing like Stardew Valley where you just like you just manage a graveyard and I mean you have like little side missions you can go into the mines and you know you get materials and you get dead bodies and you have to like take the stuff off them and then you use the resources and shit but I, I like those games but I also like when there's some kind of action element so I liked in Stardew Valley how there was also like you know like a well you would go into and you'd fight monsters and so yeah. that Yakuza game looks kind of fun because you do manage a beach resort but it looks like there still was like fighting and stuff all the games are kind of different now after the 7 because the main, new main character he has played all his live uh, Dragon Quest games so he sees every fight like a Dragon Quest fight right <laughs> and that's why these are turn based okay but the mainline Yakuza games they're like kind of Grand Theft Auto-y right they are more like Shenmue if you remember uh, game. I never played Shenmue. Everyone always talked about the voice acting. Well, it's a horrible voice acting, but also funny because there is 
Well, absolutely awesome. Nice like I used to be Chinese once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. That's the one I know. Back in the era of like the fucking Resident Evil games and stuff with just those awesome lines. Itoi-san, how do you know about the Three Blades? Years ago, I was Chinese. The Yakuza games, they are more like you have a little section of a town and you run around it and do a little quest and play karaoke games and other mini games or other Sega games if you go to the Sega club they have running emulators there that allows you to play Virtual Fighter and Outrun <laughs> and they are fun and I, I would recommend you to start on Yakuza 0 because then you don't have any baggage of their previous stories well, like they rebooted it? No, Yakuza 0 is just, hey, we go back to the beginning and tell a story before Yakuza 1, what the main characters did back in the 80s. Well, one of these days, man, it's on my list, <laughs> along with a million other things. But look, I tell you what else is on my list is listening to cool music. So let's listen to this track from uh, Darwin MCD. Uh, this is Maybe...
that was Maybe by Darwin MCD on Andy's playlist Warehouse, listening to cool songs I've collected throughout the year and talking to cool people like Timo, who's uh, just sitting around. So like when you're, I mean, you're just getting into this, uh, you know, game scoring and stuff now. So like, what are you normally doing? Well, I'm an IT tech. I'm doing IT support normally, but now I decided I just want to change careers and I've been making music and Commodore 64 remixes for a long time and so I've thought, why not try and make actually music for games? What's your favorite uh, Commodore 64 music that you've remixed? It might be Ghost and Goblins. Is there something specific about the Commodore version of that song? No, not really. I just got a new plugin and I had a good guitar sound so it became my favorite. But if you ask me tomorrow, it might be some other track. I'm partial to uh, Commando. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Commando is so awesome. That fucking song is awesome. Especially on back when the remake came out and you could hear the old Commodore 64 tune on it on those uh, top-down stages. Yeah, that's the thing. I've said this before, but, like, what makes those old video game music special kind of, like, is the sounds. Like, obviously, they've got these cool melodies and stuff, but then sometimes I would hear, like, metal remakes, and they I didn't like them as much. You know what I mean? There was still something cool about trying to make, like, a hardcore, like, metal song or whatever, but doing it with the chiptune sounds. The limitations of three channels. Yeah, man, like, I feel that way about a lot of them, like, when I listen to Castlevania orchestrations or Zelda orchestrations or whatever, where these songs do sound good performed by an orchestra, but there's still something special about those chiptune versions. I absolutely love, especially Commodore 64 sounds. And I have my Commodore 64 steel that I played now and then, and I'm I'm on a process of making it into a synthesizer so I can use it on my music. That's cool. I found some old cartridges. We used to have a Commodore a long time ago, and we had some cartridges, and most of the discs were all, like, pirated game discs or whatever. Yeah. I still have... I've got... What the fuck was that game called? Gateway to As- Ashfia? Ashfi? Ashfi, I think it was. I've got like five, but I don't have a Commodore to play them on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, there is also a very good uh, combination of people taking all those old games and made a ROM dump of them and you can download them. You know what bugs me, though? I never can get Commodore emulators to... Like, you still have to sort of understand and remember how Commodore works, and I don't. <laughs> like, I forget all that fucking Lodestar, comma, 8 crap. Um, or you, I think you need to push uh, control out Commodore sign to quick shortcut for that loading. Okay, because that's, that's what bugs me, because whenever I would load up Commodore emulators, I kind of forget how to even play the games. Like, there's some games where I'm like, does a joystick even work here? Do I need the keyboard? The keyboard's not mapped correctly. Like, it's so much easier to play, like, Nintendo and Sega ROMs and stuff. Oh, yes, and I think that is the biggest downfall on PC and uh, Commodore and Amiga retro game is that you need to know that stuff out, like DOS commands and and what to do when the game says uh, you don't have enough memory so that you know the command to disable mouse or something like that. Yeah, it's too it's too complicated for me, man. I'm an old man. Uh, and I'm nowadays very lazy, so I don't really yeah. care for that much. <laughs> 
Well, look here. Let's listen to another song, and then maybe we can. Uh, I'll, I'll hang up on you, but you can you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's the next segment. So I'm going to give you a whole song to think. All right. And then when we come back, you can tell me the most important thing you've ever told anybody. How about that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen to this track from Seven DD Nine from the album Incomplete Circle. This is End of the Line.
that was End of the Line by 7DD9. And we are now at the end of the line for Timo, because I'm going to hang up on you. Oh, no. What's coming up, man? You got some uh, some cool plans for the holiday? Well, a few weeks ago, I found from Flea Market a original Xbox for 30 euros, and I got it. Well, it didn't have any cables and... So uh, I bought it anyway because I got two controllers with it. Any, uh, so that was that was a good price. Mm. And I've been trying to tinkering it to work, and I finally got it working yesterday. Do you mean like you actually like soldered a cable? To- uh, well, yes. First, I tried to do it, but then I realized my skills aren't good enough as my dad. So I brought it <laughs> to him and went like, "Hey, can you do this? I might break something if I try and do it more." Wait, does your dad do this stuff? He used to be an electric engineer, Ooh. so he knows his stuff around all kinds of circuits and such. So what did you have to do? Did you have to, like, build a new power cable? New power cable, new audiovisual cable, and then my one of my friends went like, hey, you better check it, check inside, because there is a thing from that era that the capacitors might go bad. And I learned about this thing called capacitor plague that happened around 2007. Just like the Red Ring of Death? Basically, yes. And it would kind of destroy your Xbox completely by making it, making it so it leaks and destroys the PCP. What I understood that there was a engineer that left from Japan and stole a capacitor blueprint, but he didn't know that there was a flaw and brought it to the China and... Uh, there was a factory who started making those and worker from there went to Thailand and it basically the same blueprint spread around uh, Asia and they, there was a whole batch of people making the same malfunctioning capacitors. <laughs> of course, they realized it later when they, they started to break down and everyone was wondering why they are breaking down. Wait, so this is a problem that plagues all old Xboxes? The newest versions of old Xboxes don't have that problem, but every other ones do. So you need to, anyone who has them, you should open up and check if they are leaking ones and replace them if you can, or get them to a person who can do that if you in, if you are interested about playing that old games with that machine still. Well, the bottom line is, did you get it working? Yes, but it also had mod chip in it. It was a pleasant surprise. I didn't need to do anything. So I can change the hard drive if it fails down the line. But that wasn't installed correctly because now it only starts up when I do it so that it should be disabled. When you start up the Xbox, you press the eject disk button. It should disable the mod chip. But on my machine, it enables it so I can use the machine. But it shows error code on the little color wheel around the power button. So what does that mean then? Well, it means that it works, but it just says that, hey, (laughs) there's some problems here. This is not the original parts because there is another hard drive that is not the original one. Does that mean you can't play certain games or is it just... Oh, I can play every game and I can dump my games that I own to PC and from there to the machine using a network cable. What do you plan on playing? What's the Xbox One game that you want to play? There was one game that I have not been able to play because from software or Activision or anyone doesn't, they don't really release a new version of it and that is Tenchu. It's a ninja stealth game. I remember that game. There was a good one uh, that is a remake of the first Tenchu on Xbox. So I was able to get to play that. Lucky you, eh? Lucky guy. I think it would have been a whole lot easier for me to just buy a working Xbox instead of buying the parts and the cables and such. But 
I felt like this was a good hop, little side project for me. Yeah, man. And a little side project for me is interrupting conversations to play cool music. So here is a track from Ogster. This is After Summer. And that was After Summer from Augster on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. And while we listen to all the awesome music I've collected throughout the year, I'm chatting to cool listeners of Beyond Synth, like Timo, who just told us about the things he's learned restoring an old Xbox, which sounded like a fun project. Um, I'm actually trying to build an arcade machine, and it's happening very, very slowly because I'm not... It's like first thing I've ever really built out of wood in my life. Are you going to put uh, a... PC inside or some other... So I bought recently a retro shooter, which is basically it's a Pandora's box with like arcade ROMs and it comes with two guns and then two sensors, LED sensors, kind of like a Wii remote, you know, where you put one on each side of the TV and then you can use the light gun. The emulation of the arcade games isn't perfect, like they're in their regular resolution because I know if I... If I had a computer, I could run the Dreamcast games at, like, a higher resolution and stuff. Yeah. And Dreamcast has a lot of really good light gun games. Oh, yes, House of the Dead. Yeah, there's House of the Dead. There's this other series that I had never played before, which was really good, too, where you're sort of like these spies and whatever. But the point is, I got it to just play the gun games, and I thought, maybe I'll make a cabinet... That's just to play the gun games. So it's not going to have regular controllers. It'll just have like... But then I thought, well, if I'm going to build a cabinet, I might as well because that Pandora's box 
also has regular arcade ROMs on it as well. Yeah. So I said, fuck it, but I'm not using any plans. So I just, we had one spare piece of plywood that was from like an old project years ago that never got used because I'm only using scrap wood like from my basement, just wood I can find. Well, that's a whole lot better than some people who make arcade sticks using a cardboard boxes and such. Yes, although, you know, if I did it in cardboard, I could have maybe used that as like a stencil because like this is the first thing I've ever built out of wood, so I'm sort of making it up as I go. I've made the side panels and I just sort of connected them with the shelves because the shape of the arcade is really that side, you know, like with the marquee and then the thing dips down and goes on a diagonal and then there's like a controller. And yeah. So I made those pieces first and I just started connecting them, so I didn't even know how high the monitor was going to be. Are you going to put on LCD or one of those CRT monitors? No, it'll be LCD. So it, it is widescreen. So the machine itself is like the dimensions are kind of different than a regular arcade. It's going to be not as, it's going to be shallower. So it's 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 only going to be like two feet long, but it's going to be wide because it's a widescreen TV. Yeah. So it's going to be sort of like fatter to look at. But a lot of the people who make arcade machines now, that's what they look like because they use widescreen TVs because no one makes big square LCDs. No, you are correct. Are you planning on making it so that you can turn the monitor on on its uh, side so that you can have uh, those uh, shoot 'em up games? No, this is sort of like a test, like because I've never built something like this before, ah. and since I'm I'm doing it in order and making it up as I go. I don't even know if the buttons I bought even work yet. I've already like I've built part of the frame of the <laughs> of the arcade, but I don't even know if the buttons work. I haven't tested them. I don't even know if I can plug them into this box. So that's going to be a, a fun thing to find out. Like if if it turns out they don't work, then I might you know get like a retro pie or something and not use the Pandora's box. It's just because it's already made right. The, the thing's already loaded with ROMs yeah. and it already has like a menu system and stuff. It's just meant to be something that you just play for like half hour every once in a while it's not like a you know it's a hobby oh yes tell me do you have virtual cop on those yes virtual cop 2 is one of my favorite light gun games the ones that are most nostalgic for me is like lethal enforcers uh-huh. that one is like really nostalgic for me just because they had that in my arcade and stuff so i think when i first played virtual cop it was on my computer just with a mouse <laughs> oh, like, that is how I also played in this. And House of the Dead was also that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, man, listen. Yeah. Well, how about this? We'll listen to a song and then I'll hang up on you. So I want to uh, listen to this one from Kid Burn. Uh, this guy makes awesome music. And uh, this is called Last Days of You.
right, and that was Last Days of You by Kid Burn. And I'm here with Timo, but I'm going to hang up on you for real now. All right, it was pleasant talking to you. Yeah, man. So what, what you got something coming up exciting you want to say before I uh, press the button? Uh, no, I already said the most stuff, so no. <laughs> well, look, I hope you have a lovely holiday. How about that? Hey, you too. And all the listeners. Yeah, and keep being a cool guy, and I hope the video games you're working on, uh, that works out, and you can let me know when they uh, come out or when there's a demo or something. We are planning on making uh, getting demos out as soon as possible. I'm going to post a link to them on the Discord server, so you probably should join beyond uh, since Discord listeners. <laughs> you think I should probably tell people to do that, eh? Like, <laughs> <it's> nah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, you have a lovely holiday, and uh, keep being cool and we'll talk to you soon see ya alright that was Timo and now we got another caller on the line so say hello to Ethan who has gone by many aliases over the years of supporting Beyond Synth you'd change your Patreon name all the time and confuse me uh, we had Toots what was the rest of them oh god I knew you were going to ask this I should have gone back and checked it out um, Bobson Doug Nut, right oh god that was a classic Darman Jezezling. That's right, Darman Jezezling. Jez Whaler. COVID-1986. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, there was a lot. Well, okay, so a lot of them was... I don't even remember what it was. You found some Japanese baseball game or something? Yeah, that yeah. That killed me, man. I, I was like, I want to use every single one of these names. It was like... Kevin Nogglemy or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, it was all these made-up American names from like a... I think it was like a Japanese Super Nintendo baseball game. It was called like Fighting fighting Baseball or something. I mean, like the fake names were the best part. But. I got Bops and Dugnut. That was, that was gold. What have you been up to lately? So like as far as our uh, our cider business, we're looking at uh, actually moving production into a larger space and then expanding that. And so to remind the audience, you have a cidery where you make hard cider and people can uh, drink the cider and you also ship the cider to some regions around you, right? We're very much local. Like we have like a company we work with that kind of like covers licensing to get into whatever state in the U.S. and uh, ship to pretty much any individual that wants it. And remind people the name of this cider company. Wild Terra Cider. All right, Wild Terra Cider. And you uh, you also distribute it to where? Midwest, Upper Midwest. Um, so like we distribute over North Dakota, Minnesota, and very, very soon Wisconsin. And, the, and those products vary, you know, what's available. But like people, people can get our stuff if they go to the website and order. It just might be a little bit more limited, the products. Do you serve food at the actual place or is it just booze? That has been kind of like all over the place because the way it works here in our local ordinance, as far as being a manufacturing beverage company, we have like the lowest tier, you know, as far as like food licensing goes, we kind of recovered there. So when we first opened, like we had zero experience and zero like expectation of like being any sort of like restaurant or whatever and like like serving food but like once the local government was like hey you can also serve food under this license as long as we approve your menu we're like okay cool so we started doing small plate stuff cheese plates paninis snack food pub food kind of thing then we kind of expanded and we 
got to a point where we were doing a little bit more of like a restaurant thing, even though that wasn't what we wanted to do and got to be kind of a burden because we were trying to focus on just making hard cider. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I'm focused on, playing cool music. So uh, how about we listen to some and you can continue your uh, your cider restaurant journey story. How about that? Sounds good, man. It does sound good. Also like this song by Zane Alexander called Blue Star. And that's what we're going to listen to. So let's do it.
And that was Blue Star by Zane Alexander on Andy's Playlist Warehouse, playing cool songs and talking to cool people. We're talking to Ethan right now, who is a cool guy who uh, runs a cidery. Cidery. Did I make that up? Is that true? Cidery. Cider bar. Urban cidery. So the point is that you sort of had this thing where you were like, you didn't want to do food, then you kind of did food, then you did more food, and then you were like, screw this food thing? Are you still doing food? (laughs) Yeah, so we got to a point where COVID hit and shut everything down, and we had to survive. And it gave us a moment to kind of step back and kind of focus. So when we reopened, we said, no, no drinks, or or, sorry, no food, just (laughs) (laughs) You really changed focus, eh? Just like, welcome to the cidery. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you like fucking bowls of peanuts, because that's all you're getting. We're like the MTV of cider bars. No, no drinks. (laughs) Um, That's a deep cut for millennials. Let me explain the joke to them. No. Because MTV, even though it was called music television, they... Wasting time. <laughs> no, we're, we're not going to do food. We're going to just focus on the drinks because that's what we set out to do. We have a lot of food trucks that come in and there's actually a commercial kitchen right next door. They will sometimes do catered events throughout the week. So, and that's been, that's been working out, but we're slowly kind of coming full circle to the point where we're like, Hey, maybe we should do food again. I mean, whenever we do it, people really like it, but it's just like, uh, it's just such a polar aspect of the business. Again, like that's not the focus. So it's a struggle when you're in the service industry and you're trying to just get customers in the door. I never thought about that as an idea of having some sort of symbiotic relationship with like another business. We do the cider, but then you like let a food truck kind of park in your parking lot or whatever and go like. No, that's very common. Yeah, I never even thought about it, but like it seems cool. It can work. I feel bad for them when it's like, hey, do you want to come in on a Monday night and it might be dead, but like they're into it and there's like sometimes we invite that same food truck on a Friday or Saturday or whatever event night and they make a killing and like that's kind of their thing is like it's just always ups and downs I mean for us it's like we're just trying to just get people to come and have a good time and food is like so integral to that you know you're serving alcohol so it's like a lot of times like you want to make sure people are getting home safe so if you don't have food that could be a problem if some people might not stay as long because they're being responsible. So mm-hmm. that's part of it too. Again, like we didn't really have any thought of food when we opened. We just wanted to have the tap room and manufacturing, you know, like do the packaging side of things. And that's still the focus moving forward. But I don't know, like the food that we make, sometimes we, we do make our own food. And when we do it, people like it. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Maybe we are restaurant people. I don't know. But it's just a whole other business. We're just like running two businesses now. I don't know. It's it's a lot of work. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what eases the burden of work is listening to cool music. Like this song from Orax, for example. And it's a good time. And we're going to listen to that. And then we'll keep on chatting with Ethan. This is Miriam's Night by Orax.
And that was Oryx with the track Miriam's Night. And I'm here right now with Ethan, a cool listener and supporter beyond synth. He runs a cidery that also makes food. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. There's a food truck. What else is going on in your life besides cider? Oh, well, I will say, before we go further, Andy... I wrote a note down. I wanted to address the fact that last time we talked, which was two years ago, which is crazy. It is crazy. You're crazy. I need to clear the air, I feel like. I need to, like, clear my name. The last time you called me a racial slur, are you going to apologize? I need to make a public apology. (laughs) So we were talking about um, the clinical trials I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And still do. Actually, I'm doing one right now. And it's funny because when you were going to post the episode, you're like, hey, listen to it. And does everything sound good? I was like, actually, um, I made an error in what I said, um, sir. And can you um, make a correction, please? And you're like, fuck no. That's too much work. I was like, okay. But the compensation for... Oh, that's right. Okay, so the audience understands uh, you participate in clinical trials. And one of them was for some ass cream, right? And you said you did it for like... 300 bucks or something which made it sound like you were doing it for nothing yeah exactly so like if anybody was like paying attention and listening was like jesus this guy is taking like shots up the asshole and getting paid 300 dollars a weekend for this like what is he doing no what i meant to say i said 1500 dollars to 300 dollars and i what i meant to say was fifteen hundred dollars to three thousand dollars i have to make that correction (laughs) nobody cares about but i feel like i have to say it you know for my for my own self i've had some studies that have paid me up to five thousand dollars yeah so just to quickly reiterate for people who, who don't remember so last time we talked uh you were basically just telling the story about how you know you can get a little extra money here and there by taking part in uh clinical trials I got sidetracked just because one of your clinical trials sounded really funny. For the most part, though, they just, what, they just give you some pills and then just, like, monitor what happens and shit? Yeah, they're very boring, very basic, like, you literally just, like, take a pill, sit there, they draw your blood, you watch Netflix, whatever, go home. It's very chill. Easy money. Actually, this last one, or this one that I'm currently in, kind of sucks because we have to fucking sit there. The screening was like pretty much like generic as like all the other ones. Like, all right, cool, chill. And then I get there and they're like, yeah, you can't have your electronics at all. You can't use your phone. You can't use your tablet. You can't use your computer. What? Why? I don't know. Something to do with the drug. It's like for Parkinson's. I mean, they like hooked us up to a bunch of ECG leads to like read your heart rate and stuff. And they're like, you have to just like sit there. And like a couple of people brought books. I didn't bring books. I brought all of my electronics, <laughs> which is what I do for all of the studies. Right. And then I'm just like sitting there for like seven hours staring at the ceiling. And then like checking out the doctor was like, how did it go? And I was like, well, <laughs> it would have been cool if you would have told me we couldn't bring in our electronics. Anyways. No, that would have pissed me off. I I think in preparation, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have gone to all my favorite websites and then just printed out the articles onto paper and then just showed up with like this binder of websites to read. It kind of is a little bit of a a wake-up call slash interesting take on society because it's like, oh shit, you mean I can't just be on my phone for the next seven hours? (laughs) What do I do? 
oh, I guess I'll stare at the ceiling and have existential <laughs> dread. Well, look, you know what would have been real nice is while you were sitting there, you could have listened to cool music. So although that did not happen, it can happen right now because we are going to listen to this track from VHS Glitch. This is Burned Asphalt.
All right, and that was Burned Asphalt by VHS Glitch on Andy's Playlist Warehouse, playing all the tracks we didn't get to this year and talking to awesome people like Ethan, who we've we've come full circle and are talking about the clinical trials again. I'm sorry, we shouldn't be. No, that's okay. I, I know that was the thing that was sort of a bugbear because that one particular clinical trial was for a, like a hemorrhoid thing, right? Yeah, most of it, most of it is just like take a pill. Draw the blood. <laughs> Take a pill, leave a pill. Yeah, leave a pill. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens with the next guy. So wait, so were they uh, were they afraid for the Parkinson's medicine? Like, was there some weird thing where they're in the lab? Like, you can take the pill, but if you watch TV, your fucking heart will explode or whatever. Like, you know what else was crazy is when I walked in the room, all of the fluorescent lights were changed to like a really weird, like dull yellow bulb, and I was like. Like, it hurt my eyes at first. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, the drug is sensitive to light. What? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, you're a brave man, because at that point I'd be like, then I think you fucked up, (laughs) and I'm going to walk out. You know when people, like, make inventions, but there's, like, one really stupid flaw, and, like, it seems kind of fundamental to the... It's like the stupid uh, fucking SpaceX uh, internet satellites, where, like, these are developed for people in rural areas. Also, if uh, there's a tree in the way, you don't get a signal. And it's like, you know, rural areas are full of trees, right? I mean, like, unless these satellites are designed for people in the desert, that's going to be an issue with your product. You know, like, we just made the most amazing winter tires ever, but uh, you can't use them when it's cold. What are you supposed to do with a pill bottle that can't be exposed to light? Like, just yeah, like, but Andy, I want the cash. Give me the cash. Give me the cash. That's me when I go in there. I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what, what's happening around me. Give me the cash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always picturing it'd be funny too if they 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 literally give it to you. Like you walk in, there's the guy with the clipboard, and he just like holding like a fucking stack of bills. Yeah, man, that's how it works. Is it? Exactly, yeah, exactly how it works. I don't believe you, Ethan. They give you an envelope afterwards. Some other lady gives it to you. It's not the scientist. And the scientist is not a lady. Let's be absolutely clear here. Andy, you are going to egg on your face. There actually is one. (laughs) Man, now I'm going to get canceled for nothing. Lady doctors in there. Yeah, well, you know, hey, man, it's a brave new world. And uh, we're listening to cool music and we're taking pills that can't be exposed to light. (laughs) What else? Cider. <laughs> Dude, I'm just proving to you I'm listening to you. That's the most important thing. When I take these calls, it's like uh, I want people to know that they're heard. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? Let's listen to another song. I want to uh, listen to this one from The Starfighter. And this is a cool track. This is The Heist.
that was The Heist by The Starfighter. And we're here with The Ethan today on Andy's Playlist Warehouse, listening to cool songs and talking to cool people. I'll probably hang up on you soon. Is there something you wanted to talk about? Have you seen any good shows lately? I haven't heard you talk about any like live shows that you've gone to. Has there been any synthwave-related or non-synthwave live acts? I know that you're like not in Toronto anymore. Yeah, that's the big factor here. So the answer to your question simply is no. <laughs> so, okay, follow-up question. Mm. I don't know where or how far away your town is. I, don't, I feel like a lot of people don't. Like, what does that mean? How far out of Toronto are you? And does, like, anything ever come to... I don't know what size of town you... Oh, no, I, I live in a town of, like, 2,000 people. So, no, nothing so, comes like, here. But, like, how far away, like, could you travel back to Toronto or Yes, yeah, yeah no, we're three hours away. So, like, honestly, when we lived in Toronto, we were back here, like, every two to three weeks. Because it's, like, we're, you know, like, where our parents live and my childhood home and that sort of thing. So, we were always here. All the holidays were here, summertime were here, anytime the kids had time off off school we were here but like the closest thing would be going back to toronto there's no like city in between that like gets musical acts like not that i care about sure there is a nearby town of like maybe twenty thousand people so like any bands that end up winding up playing in this area are mostly like some like classic rock country type thing that are like you know not a draw anymore but like anything significant is just happens in toronto like that's pretty much i mean it's like i live in a very small town too but not quite as small i've actually had some synthwave acts coming to my town in the last five-ish years and kind of been interesting but i live like by minneapolis st paul which is about the same for you to like go to toronto it's about three hours um recently i saw touch sensitive and roosevelt in st paul okay was that good a very good show which was fun because i went with my wife and we don't always like i, I drag her to a lot of shows not to say that she doesn't like she likes plenty of good stuff herself too, but like there's not a, like a ton of overlap. But like when it overlaps our interests, it's always like a good time. And that was like one show where there was overlap, and we were both very excited and having a good time at that show. It's not like synthwave per se, but I feel like most of your listeners would, if you don't know Roosevelt and if you don't know Touch Sensitive, go check them out because you probably. <laughs> like them. I feel like I played a Roosevelt track on the show before, right? Like, that's synth-pop. Yeah, Roosevelt, uh, German artist, um, synth-pop, fucking fantastic. Every release, solid. Yeah, I think everybody, a listener of your show, would like Roosevelt. Touch Sensitive, an Australian artist, he started his career in a band called Van She. Some people might know, but he's done some solo stuff since, and his whole solo thing is amazing. Such an amazing show to go to. I still would like to go to more things. The problem is, during COVID, they they shut down a lot of, like, bus routes, and so the problem is, like, there used to be some consistent buses that would go from my area to Toronto. I mean, they did a little detour here and there at some of the, you know, like, I would go two hours to, like, one kind of city and then take another bus to Toronto or whatever, but, like, so I could theoretically 
go to Toronto by myself, you know, like the family doesn't have to go, my wife doesn't have to drive, like that kind of crap. But since they shut down a lot of the bus routes, there like kind of isn't a convenient bus anymore. Not only am I sort of three hours away, like in a small rural area, but like the only real way for us to get to Toronto is to drive ourselves, which complicates things because if it's like a synthwave thing like I feel weird going like hey can you drive me three hours so I can go see something that you have no interest in you know what I mean like it's just not cool like if if I could easily go myself if there was a train or like a you know like every day there's two buses that go to Toronto or whatever but they stop doing that so the only time I'm ever really going to head back to Toronto specifically for like a show is it's going to have to be like a special occasion kind of show like if it was like another outland I'd be there in a second But, like, it's kind of hard for me to justify going to see sort of, like, a smaller artist and, like, having to get an Airbnb and then, like, travel both ways and figuring out the time to do all that shit. It's hard for me to do that just to go to, like, one of those synthwave arcade nights or whatever, even though I would see friends or whatever, but it's hard to be like, is this worth... $350 to go, you know, see these people for an evening. And, you know, so it has to be like, it has to be a thing. Right. And speaking of things, let's listen to some music and then I'm going to say goodbye to you. How about that? (laughs) So let's listen to this track by Destroyer. This is a cool song. This is Terrify.
that was Terrify by Destroyer on Andy's Playlist Warehouse. And we got to say goodbye to Ethan, a.k.a. Toots now. Uh, He's got to get back to work running a cidery and uh, eating pills and and putting them inside it. You? Well, I just do that for fun, mostly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can just shove that up my bum and get <laughs> The point is, you're a cool guy and a busy man and a very responsible adult who runs businesses and does all these things, and uh, I'm proud of you. And you also send me emails from time to time with musical picks that I load into a spreadsheet, and I think I go through them like once every four months or whatever when I, when I get a moment. But I do listen to everything you suggest. Yes, and speaking of which you haven't assigned me my next mission. No Beyond Synth podcast tasks. Well, no, because uh, that's pretty much done. Oh, yeah, that's right, because AI does everything nowadays. I mean, in a way, I already used ChatGPT to combine like the information from two different spreadsheets that were formatted completely differently, and it understood how to take the info from the one sheet and put it into the other one, and that would have been like a whole day's worth of work, probably. They're taking our turns. Yeah, man. <laughs> Anyways, look, the point is this. You've been a very helpful person. I gotta change my name from Toots, though, because you I'm, I'm no longer your Toots. You can't call me Toots anymore. What? Why? Is this like a 2023 thing? No, because I don't do anything for you anymore. Well, you're still, a, you know, you're a cool guy. What's wrong with that? I know I'm a cool guy. So what am I going to change my name to? Cool guy? That's not cool. Well, you know, maybe there's another name in this Japanese baseball game roster to pick from, because I got the list in front of me. Ah, yes. Let's read that. We got uh, Sleeve McDykel, yeah. <laughs> Onsen <laughs> Sweemy, Daryl Arkadeld, Anatoly Smorin, Ray McSriff, Glenelyn Mixon, Raul Chamgerlane, <laughs> Bobson Dugnut, Willie Dustus. I love Willie Dustus, actually. That's a good one. Uh, Mike Truck. That's yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Truck, <laughs> Jeremy Gride, uh, Scott Dork, but it's like D O U R Q U E. Dwight Rortugal, Tim Sandale, Carl Dandleton. <laughs> fucking Dandleton. <laughs> Mike Cernandez and Todd Bonzales. Bonzales, man, that's fucking pretty good. This sounds like AI before AI existed. That's the joke now, because everyone makes these jokes about AI, but, like, AI is better than this. ChatGPT4 writes really convincing things. Yeah, that's what's hilarious about that whole list, is, like, you guys thought those were, like, real names? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Todd Bonzales. Mike Truck. Yeah, Mike Truck is the... Yeah, Mike Truck's good. I give them that. Anyways, listen, man. I'm hanging up on you now. So you have uh, you have a lovely day. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll catch up with you in the new year and see what other experiments you've had done to you. No, I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> all right, whatever. Whatever makes you feel like a big man, okay? I'm done with all this toxic masculinity. I have the power. I can just click on this red X here. I'm going to hang up on you. Well, all the power to you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, fine. Goodbye. Balls. All right, that's all for this episode. Don't forget to support the show and check out all the musicians featured today. There was a lot of cool tunes there, and I'm off to edit more episodes. So have a nice day, and tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is, and give me all your money. All right, goodbye. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. 
Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening. Years ago, I was Chinese.